Nina, Hannah, and Emily in Paris. The show no one asked for about the show no one asked for. I'm Hannah. And I'm Nina. Welcome back to our Out of Office Extended Second Season, where we do some deeper dives into Emily in Paris and the cultural conversation, Emily in Paris and the characters who surround her in the show, and also just kind of like how we're doing. Yeah, and in this episode, we are doing a character study of Kemi. And we're so excited because she objectively rocks. Woohoo! Um, guess who came to visit me today? Woohoo! Aunt Flo. <laughs> I haven't said Aunt Flo in so long. Uh, I really like what my what uh, Allison, what my girlfriend says, which is, "My new period just dropped." <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I'm sorry about that. That's okay. It's just like one more thing. I really get that. I think that since I stopped taking uh, birth control and now my periods are <laughs> hit, hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I feel like now there's this thing in my life that's, like, in the way that long COVID is a thing. I'm like, I have long period. Where, like, I only bleed <laughs> however many days, but I'm, mm-hmm. I I feel trapped in a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and, in fact, you are. <laughs> so, I guess in a way I am trapped in a cycle where I'm just, like, miserable for 10 days of the month and then kind of recovering from that misery for the right. next 10 days and then have right. three happy days and then bleed for six days. Yeah. You know, my my fun fact, you know, this is my most fun fact, is I've never been on birth control. Do you know that? You know, I've, like, known every minute detail of your life for years, for, like, a decade now. <laughs> but I actually, uh, I've never, like, thought of it like that. Like, I've never been like, oh, never. Yeah, I've never been. That's incredible. Very, and you've been pregnant lucky. how many times? Only six. <laughs> and only three for t- full term. <laughs> <laughs> no. really bad no, joke no. on this day of days when who's banning abortion oklahoma yeah no it's a really good joke actually actually speaking of i was talking to my doctor last week and then, we're, then we'll get an episode but she was like any religious beliefs that will keep you from anything and i was like well i'm jewish so if i got pregnant and didn't want the kid i would have an abortion and she kind of like looked at me funny and i was like because actually part of judaism is being pro-choice bitch and like this poor lovely nurse was probably like totally in support of whatever i wanted to do and also there was no need to be talking right about right it, to be <laughs> she clear. was like so are you getting one <laughs> yeah, you're like oh like, no 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 no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> i'm not pregnant <laughs> no the pull out method's been working great <laughs> great no no but i i do uh, i do think that um I do think that I'm lucky with the the period thing of like every time I get it, it is it is always going to be a relief because it's not like, oh, I wish I was just back on the pill again. Like having never been on it, I do have like a monthly like, oh, that's good. Because the the unprotected sex that I'm having is constant <laughs> and unwavering. <laughs> I pull them close and say, just stay in me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never felt that intimacy. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of, <laughs> honestly, wait, honestly, though, I want you to guess who I, I have like, I had a way that I was going to set you up to guess who we're talking about today on this character study okay. day. But, but given what we just talked about, I would say that this is also a segue. So who do you think we're talking about? I think about? you're talking about Madeline. No, that's fun. The only pregnant character. Yeah, I was thinking more just like fun, flirty, and free. Kami, Kami. Yeah, yeah, you got it. 
You nailed it. The I'm only two sexually I... active characters on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, truly. Well, the Sylvie, only, like, Sylvie. not repressed. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Sylvie, our gal. Um, so I'm just going to read you what I had written to try to set you up to guess, even though you guessed so quickly, of course. I said, this character is flirty, confident, outgoing, opinionated, ambitious, sexy, and probably queer. That's how I see this person. And what I want to do today is I kind of want to talk about, well, I want to talk about her truly just like plot wise, what she does for the show and what she's done over the course of two seasons. I want to get your take on her because I think we've heard a lot from me of like what I think and how I feel about her. And then I have some other questions, some sort of like discussion questions for us. Does that sound fun? Sounds really fun. Okay. Is there anything that you want to bring to the table about Kami before we even begin? Any like... No, I'm just so excited. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so excited because I really like Kimmy. And she's a weird character. She's a weird character. I, I, I think she's a weird character and I want to talk about consistency when we kind of go over everything. Um, So I'm just going to run us through really quickly kind of like how we meet her, just like some things I want to pull out. I actually have an episode by episode for the first two seasons, like summaries that we can reference. But generally speaking, we meet Kemi in the fourth episode of the first season, later than I had remembered. In my head, I would have been like, we meet her in the first episode. No, we meet her almost halfway through the first season. And she um, saves Emily from an awkward encounter with a florist who's being rude to her. And she, if you recall, like steps in, Mm -hmm. is sweet, kind of saves the day and immediately welcomes her mm-hmm. in, like to Paris. Mm-hmm. And I would say that this is something that we'll see is like extremely consistent every time Kami is in the room is she is like a, she like pulls people in. And I think I'm just going to name that this is something like, I think I really like about her and hope I am like, is that she is like the first person to be like, come along, let's do it. We'll make it fun. I want to include mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. In episode five, she invites Emily to join her and Gabrielle on like their date night. Uh, and she and notably she runs into friends there. And that's when we get Emily and Gabrielle alone. And it's because Camille has like seen other people. Um, I want to put a pin in that because I think that's also a little interesting. Then we see in the episode six of the first season, Camille and Gabrielle run into Emily and her philosopher dude who's an asshole. They run into him and then they do like oh, a double yeah. date night, if you remember yes. that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, good memory. And then the next episode, Camille asks Emily and Savoir to represent her family's champagne line or champagne company and they go to the vineyard together in episode nine we see her at her art opening she's like absolutely crushing it it seems mm-hmm. it's kind of just like a backdrop for other plot to happen but um that's like her big event of the first season and then in the 10th episode um of season one we see her heartbroken because Gab- Gabrielle has decided that he's gonna move to normandy to open his restaurant not taking her family's money and investment so that's season one. So I actually think I want to stop there and I want to talk about Kimmy in season one and like what your takeaways mm-hmm. are from from at least those plot points that I've drawn out and also just what you remember. I mean, thank you for jogging my memory because I don't remember season one so well or like I don't I don't remember like a lot of finer points of season one because I think partially I wasn't enjoying the show as much. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this season I approached it with a little bit more abandon. <laughs> but so... It is, it's, like, nice to reflect on how... She's, like, a very savvy character. She's mm-hmm. in a way that I think sometimes they play it as, like, manipulative, and other times they play it as, like, useful or, like, mm-hmm. helpful. And she is very useful in pushing the plot along and kind of pushing characters to act, because there are a lot of passive characters. Absolutely. 
I in like in revisiting what season one had to offer, I again was really like struck by how many times the writers have it such that like she literally just runs into Emily and then they end up hanging out for the whole day. Like that is a major mm-hmm. tool of the first season, mm-hmm. which like say what you will about that being sort of like the only tool, mm-hmm. but it does it does create character, which is to say like she is an extroverted people like not even people pleaser, like she wants people to get to know each other. And and what we then see is that it's it's almost um to her own demise in season two mm-hmm. that she has combined friend groups that she has brought Emily into her fold as closely as she has. Also in the first season, Emily is so disliked. Like Emily has such a hard time making friends that it also says a lot that someone who's very, very liked is accepting her. And I think it totally allows other people to then feel better about also accepting her. Mm-hmm. So then we get to season two, and we know at the end of season one, Emily and Gabrielle have slept together. Gabrielle has decided to stay in Paris, and season two starts with Emily being like, never mind, like, this can't be a real thing. Camille is leaning on Emily for support because she's really upset that Gabrielle has decided to stay um, because of the restaurant. In episode two, they go to Saint-Tropez, the the greatest episode of of television (laughs) in 2021. (laughs) And they have like their fun girls weekend and Camille seeks comfort in sleeping with another person. Mm -hmm. And then like can't go through with it because she misses Gabrielle too much. Then in episode three, Cummy finds out at the birthday party. She calls Emily out in front of everybody, and she's super fucking angry. I know, incredible. And then, you know, the next few episodes, she wants nothing to do with Emily. She tells her family. Her mother's like, we have a plan. She tries to make amends with Emily with clearly like a second, like another agenda at play. An ulterior motive is what it's called. Thank you. And honestly, thank you so much. I'm actually on my period right now, so like I can't really... (laughs) Thank. Good thing I don't run country. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Ladies. (laughs) Ladies, am I right? And when she makes her quote-unquote amends with Emily, despite her ulterior motive, thank Mm -hmm. you, she says, like, it's. I just wish she'd been honest with me. I want to put a pin in that. Then we go, we see Camille being a very good friend to Gabrielle, and it's unclear if she's doing that to get back with him or Mm -hmm. to be his friend. I would say it's pretty clear, actually, it's like both. Like, she, she is being a good friend, but also wants to be back with him. Camille makes Emily make a pact that they are not going to be romantic with Gabrielle. We still don't really have a payoff for that. Um, She and Emily start working together again on the champagne line. Mm -hmm. And then Camille and Gabrielle get back together at the end of season two. And the very last scene, we see that they've moved back into each with each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's just so much to say. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I love about her, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to start by thinking about in what ways she is as you've already named, like very clearly a foil to Emily. Okay, again, these are the traits that I said Camille is. Flirty. Is Emily flirty in any way? (laughs) No, I think Emily actually has like a pretty pointed lack of sex appeal. Yes, agreed. Not that flirtatiousness and sexiness are the same, but no, she's not flirty. She is neither. (laughs) She's neither. She's not very flirtatious and she doesn't, really exude sex or seek sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kemi is confident and extroverted. I-, I would say like Emily really lacks self-confidence. We know that. I don't know if I'd say that actually. Like you don't think she's doubting herself all the time, but then doing shit anyway as like a quote unquote go-getter. I feel like that is a type of confidence, like doing the thing. Like, she- okay, here's what it is. She knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. I-, I really believe Kemi is one of the only characters who knows what she wants in this show. Uh-huh. I think she and Alfie are the two. Yeah, yeah. Like, she knows what she's doing professionally. 
She's good at it. She's confident in it. Mm-hmm. She knows she wants to be with Gabrielle. Like, she is so clear-eyed. And I mm-hmm. feel like in comparison to Emily, it's like she, like, sparkles because of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. So I think that part of the reason we love her so much is because she is so different from Emily. And I just think she's, like, the most three-dimensional. <laughs> like, the fact that her parents are in the show, Friends does this, where Monica and Ross, their parents are yes. in the show. And it's, like, so interesting to me because there are so few shows that have that. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it, like, really functions well that we see Camille kind of, like, her most honest self because mm-hmm. she's with her family in mm-hmm. some ways. And I think it makes us love her more. And that's totally true. And I think there's a weird, it's a, I, I think that the reason we haven't seen Emily's parents is because, because they're trying to get, get a bigger budget so that when they do cast her parents, it's bigger names. It's like stuck oh, casting. Funny. Sort of similar to like Elliot Gould as Ross and Monica's dad. But like, I feel like they're going to try to bring in someone major or something. That's fun. Is because I think it's like a little funny that they've never appeared. That she has like, like Emily kind of exists in a vacuum. Whereas she Kimmy, really does. Yeah. Kimmy has like roots and a history and depth and community. And Emily obviously is creating that, but she feels pretty siloed from like the world. Like she's kind of like her own. It's almost as if she's an alien who's dropped into this city, which, yeah, it's the premise of the show. It is. And I feel like it really. It's it's a service to the show that Camille is, like, from, like, she's, like, a Paris girl at heart. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she grew up in whatever, some nice fine wine country. But, like, she she knows the city. She knows where to go. She'll take Emily. She'll introduce her to all of these things. So given I love her so much, I'm, like, was thinking, like, why wouldn't people love her? Presumably there are fans who, like, don't like her and people who don't like her. And in the first season, how do you think we're supposed to understand what she wants from Gabrielle. If you recall, she's trying to get Gabrielle to accept her family's money. Like, how are we supposed to take that? I think we're supposed to take it as like her, she's obviously like bolstered in all these different ways in her life and seems successful Mm -hmm. in that path of like being bolstered by the people around her. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, why not choose that? Did it make you judge her? That she wanted Gabrielle to take the money? No, because... Because I'm, like, from her perspective where she trusts her parents completely, like, where she, she, I I understand that she saw no evil in it or saw no Mm -hmm. downside. But I also Mm -hmm. am, like, she, I think occasionally she does lack empathy. And I think it was, like, just an instance of her lacking empathy of, like, not really understanding why someone would be so resistant. Yeah, that's really well said. I think I, like, really identify with that. Like, this, this feeling of, like, Having if like when I do things that are good for me or a- I'm able to, I'm like, great, put that in the list of things that make people feel better. <laughs> and like, I don't know what percentage I I defer to you to decide in this situation, but like seven out of ten times is that true? Or you know, like it 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 makes me a good friend seven out of ten times, or it makes me mm-hmm. you know, do you know what I'm saying? I do, I do. Where it's like, oh, it worked, or like I'm the control. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's definitely that. There's definitely that. But I think I think it's that feeling of like, of like wanting what you have for everybody else. In her case, it's like family money and access to family money. That's not what I'm saying in my case. But like, whatever, I like making a home space look and feel nice. I will like tell somebody like, you can find a really affordable rug at blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like this in this impulse to be like, Mm -hmm. this is the thing that brings me joy. Let me try to share it with you. And I definitely suffer from that. (laughs) 
You said from I, the other end of you receive that? No, no, no. I think I do that too. I think I, I think like we both are like, oh, we fixed life. I, figured, I think I when, cracked one yeah, code. Yeah, I cracked it. But I will say, I think that's fun that that's something we share because like no doubt, wanting my life to look a little bit more similar to yours has made my life better. <laughs> I don't mean that in like a sad way. I mean that in like a I'm like oh like you know, through you, I feel like I've discovered like different kinds of ways to find joy. Yeah, I agree. And that's like a nice thing. I totally agree. We'd be unstoppable. <laughs> if, we, if we could only join forces. <laughs> but so I think, competing. I think Kimmy, I think Kimmy is like that. I think that like, that's a way where I'm like, maybe part of her tailspin this season is that like, she doesn't seem to have a lot of interference. I think both of us have a lot of interference from close friends and family and partners who are like keeping us from maybe going into overdrive, I hope. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Kimmy doesn't. I think she has her parents who encourage her every whim. Mm -hmm. And then she has a lot of friends, but doesn't really seem to have a best friend. Like I think she was a, no. I think she was a boyfriend girl. Yeah, I think and so thought too. maybe Emily would be her best friend. But obviously not. I've never been a boyfriend girl. Were you ever a boyfriend girl? No. I think even when I had boyfriends, I was like, I think I still had a lot of like social boundaries with them. It's so funny because I kind of think this is going to be a huge claim, but I do kind of think that you either are that or not that. Like, I don't think you can become one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I sort of feel like, like I could look at all the people I know and be like, yes, no, yes, no. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Like, One million percent. One million so percent. Funny. I think it's like a type. I think it's like horse girls. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right that Camille is a boyfriend girl. Something that I also really love about Camille that I think feeds her sort of overdrive with Gabrielle. She's talking in the first season to Emily in front of Gabrielle about someone that Emily's dating. And she's like, I think he's perfect for you. And Gabrielle's like, why? Because he's rich? And Camille's like, no, because he's successful and he knows what he wants. Or it's like something like mm -hmm. that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I love that because... Because I think that we could, that there's some ways in which those two things are getting conflated mm -hmm. for Gabrielle, for sure. Mm -hmm. And also, I think, for the audience. And also, I think it's true that she doesn't, like, she lacks some perspective. But I think in her imagination, she's like, I'm not trying to get you to, like, take my family money because money is what matters. I'm trying to help you get the things you mm -hmm. want. And it's frustrating to see somebody, like, not go after the things they want. And I will say, in my experience, like, that is if, I, if I'm comparing myself to Camille, that is certainly something that I run into, mm -hmm. where it's like my deepest frustration is when people I love aren't working in the direction towards things that they want. Yeah. Self-sabotage. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or just like, I mean, and, and you could say like the timing was wrong, right? Like Gabrielle's like, he doesn't want it that way. That's like so extremely fair. Yeah. But yeah. something that I really like about Camille is that she is, even as she is Parisian and French and she has good boundaries, she is ambitious. And I think super justifiably wants to be matched in that, in her partnership. And I think like what we, what they, the show isn't getting into is that she's like not matched by Gabrielle with mm -hmm. that. Like mm -hmm. she is and that he has a passion. But in the first season, we get the impression that he's like been very unhappy in this job for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like at her wits end with it. And yes. you have to think like they've been dating for years. Yeah, Going to her family for money probably hasn't been something for years. This is probably like she's at her wit's end and she's like, okay, well now I can actually fix it for you and you're not letting me. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Piss me right the fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I guess that's where I land with Camille stuff. And, uh, and, and, and there are some guiding questions that I was looking up that were like, okay, what matters most to her? Like what's her biggest 
And what's her biggest desire? And I feel like we've answered those that like her, what matters most to her is people like her people are where she puts her love and her trust and her time. And that's why the heartbreak of the top of season two is so massive because she loses her boyfriend and she's a boyfriend girl and she loses the potential for her, this best friend that was maybe going to pull her into like a new dynamic and like a new friendship and all of that. And it's like these people didn't have her as a central character in the way that she like centralized them. Wow. That hits hard and close. Like two people that didn't care enough. Two people that she cared about a lot didn't care about her in that moment. Yeah. I have a friend um, from college who at one one point, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I learned that when she journals, she would journal about what was happening and like, like she'd be like, and Hannah, you know, got a job like last week and da, da 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 da. And yes, we were all codependent in college, me and my friend group for sure. And I have like so much love for that time. And I'm also happy that that's like not the moment we're in now. But I feel like Camille is like that, is the kind mm-hmm. of person who like when she journals, she doesn't just journal about like, I've been feeling this way because mm-hmm. Emily said this thing. She's like, great news. Emily got yeah. the Savoir thing, you know? Ooh, yeah. It makes me sad on the one hand, and on the other hand, I'm like, what a full life to hold your friends' lives so close. Yeah, I think it's both, for sure. And there are limits to that when you expect that from other people, and then they don't give it to you. Right. And I also will say, I think that's something that happens when you come from a really solid family unit, (laughs) where you, like, I do, I think, like, there's something really interesting that this is the character that has two parents who I would say, like, are pretty enmeshed in her life and and her work. And her brothers. And, like, they're very... This expectation of like we we operate as a unit, we like think about each other, we mm-hmm. we are working towards same goals, mm-hmm. and like then having that with chosen family and being disappointed that it's not reciprocated mm-hmm. in kind. Something this is just a thing something I'd put there, <laughs> something there. Um, in terms of being a foil to Emily, you know mm-hmm. how we say that Emily is humorless about everything, but particularly sex. Yeah, there's the scene where um, there are two different scenes. There's a scene where Emily is sleeping with somebody for the first time. She has casual sex with that philosopher guy. And, you know, they're above. And and we see Gabrielle and Camille not having sex and uh-huh. not being very erotic in bed. And, he, and you know, Gabrielle's like seething. And Camille is like giggling, uh-huh. which is so, is so charming to me. And then similarly, when they're at the vineyard mm-hmm. and she finds out that Emily has slept with her 17-year-old brother. She just, like, yeah. thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. And I love that. That's not yeah. me. I don't know if that's you. It's I love me. that she's, she, like, the levity that she brings yes. to, like, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. is so refreshing and so different. But I also think that's why sometimes her character is inconsistent, which I know you are getting to, which is, like, mm-hmm. and I and this is, a, this is a criticism I hold for the show kind of in general, is, like, there's a lot of characters who behave very conveniently for the plot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's she's a character I'm like, sometimes she's takes things really, really seriously. Sometimes she doesn't. Like, if she were my friend, I would be like, I don't, she's unpredictable. Like, I don't know how she's going to take this news. Okay, I hear this, but what, what moment do you feel like she acts out of character then? I think that, I think because sometimes she seems to be like fast, loose, and free. She, and this is maybe also just me misinterpreting, but in a way where I'm like, oh, how does she see boundaries and trust playing into that mm-hmm. where she seems to be like flying by the seat of her pants mm-hmm. a little bit. And then no, I got nothing. Cause I'm like, at the end of the day, Emily still treated her terribly. And so did Gabrielle. Well, because I was thinking about it because we've, because we've talked about inconsistency and characters just kind of particularly Mindy being mm-hmm. like a tool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I actually think that Camille is like, 
pretty consistent in what we see in the second season is the dark side of those same traits. Like we see, we see what happens when you put, when you're somebody who puts all your trust in someone and the trust is broken. It's like, right. You, you're able to be that free because you're not worried about it. Like she's not worried about Gabrielle and Emily at all. She's like inviting flirtation almost. She absolutely flirts with Emily in the first season, the kiss. And also will you get in bed with me? And she said, I thought she'd never ask. And like, they're, <laughs> they're, like that's the kind of freedom that only comes from like that kind of deep security, I think. Mm-hmm. And so then when it's broken, that's when we see her kind of spiral, I guess. And something I really like is that, um, she does like go. T- she does try to find comfort in sleeping with other people, and that I, I don't think the show totally. I don't think the show shames her for it, but like they don't reward it. She doesn't have really good freeing sex right after a breakup, which of course we all know is deeply possible. Like we all, and we just simply all know that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she doesn't do that. She she is like, no, I can't go through with it. But I like that she lets. She's somebody who like lets herself have that mm-hmm. too. And I feel like that is also consistent with who she is, that she like loves deeply, but it's like, yeah, but I don't have to like take this seriously. I can have a casual fling with somebody to help me move through the pain of this heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then the other question is like, what do we think her biggest fear is? I feel like her biggest fear seems to be like being, re- being rejected. Yeah. Being I think that is my biggest. <gasps> wait, wait, you all no, along? I meant to rip off my face. <laughs> I think, I think, like, I think she really, I think she seems to try to set up her life with enough, um, like, bowling lane bumpers to keep her from being rejected by people. I think so. She, like, has a lot of friends. She's very, very close to family. You actually are kind of blowing my mind. (laughs) I'm on my period. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Keep going. Keep going. It's okay. It can't hurt me. But that's it. Like, I think she, like, she tries to maintain a friendship with her ex, like, where it's like <laughs> that was a dig. <laughs> that was not a dig. I don't. That was not a dig. That was not a dig. But it's like the there are things that make it so that she she's surrounding herself with almost an inability to be rejected by other people. This is so interesting. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> huh. I've never thought about it like that about Camille before. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Huh. About Camille. About, about Camille. That thing you said about Camille is so interesting. I can't wait till we get to talk about Emily in depth. And I'm like, wait, am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's so interesting. Wow. What do you think? I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you actually are breaking my brain. <laughs> like, that's such an interesting way to see those traits in Camille. <laughs> um, and it makes a lot of sense and it makes a lot of sense and I also think she's perfect no and then and I guess that then leads us to the the last question which is like what is her like big flaw like what is the thing that Mm -hmm. and maybe it's the same is that she can't be rejected or she can't metabolize rejection yeah I think it's like the the metabolizing thing where like she's she's having a tough time coping yeah and and like and like her strategies for coping are like not really like healthy strategies yeah, it's like getting Gabrielle back and like yeah, being, like, yeah. It's not like leaning into the wonderful parts of herself, which is like seek out other people, like whatever, whatever. Like the other things that are her skill set, like mm-hmm. go, you know, make new friends, light up a different room. Instead, she's like, I'd rather like retread this a bunch. Mm. <laughs> Seems mm. to be like her mode. 
Wow, that's so unfamiliar to me. How about you? <laughs> unfamiliar as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely unfamiliar. I can't also unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to directly ask you how you feel like you metabolize rejection. Well, if we're going to get vulnerable publicly, I think I, I think I metabolize it. <laughs> I think I pre-metabolize it because I, I don't think it's like my biggest fear. I think I, I think I anticipate rejection. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a, I don't really relate to that fear very much where I like, mm-hmm. I, I'm much more like surprised when I get acceptance, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's like, I mean, I know it's not a binary, but if it, do you think it's close to a binary of like people either don't expect rejection and then have a trouble metabolizing it, or it's like people expect it and then have trouble metabolizing acceptance? Yeah. I mean, that makes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think we'd have to like ask a professional. I don't think we do. I think we can actually decide and then actually give kind of like suggestions and recommendations to our listeners, like how to take care of themselves, like physically and mentally. (laughs) It's a health and wellness podcast. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so, so I think I like, don't really, I don't totally relate, but at the, but at the same time, then then I'm like reflecting on like breakups and like, I am reflecting on times when I have been rejected and I'm like, it's not like I took it great. (laughs) <laughs> no, like, I know. So, so I'm oh, like, no, I know. <laughs> so, well, so I'm just like, I, you know, I think both things where it's like, I think both things. I think if it's like an unknown, I'm fine not putting a lot of stock into it. But I think once, if I've like reached the point of acceptance, I'm like, great, let's hold there and right. let's not, <laughs> and let's not undo that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like it takes a lot to get there. Yeah. It sounds like the work of like healing after that then is like, it's like different work. It's like having like built up to a place of feeling mm-hmm. good. And then, and then if rejection comes being like, Oh, now I have to undo the way I just built myself up versus, uh, do you think that me. would like give someone trust issues or. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so hard to say, I guess we'll have to think about it when we look at a different character because yeah. there's no other, there's no other way in. <laughs> there's no other way to explore it. <laughs> but I think like Kami, a Kami type, let's say it feels like you're just, like solid ground is the mountaintop. And so then Mm -hmm. a rejection feels like getting like flung off Mm. the side of the cliff and being like, I need to go back to normal, which Mm -hmm. was somebody else's height, you know, something else, some where somebody else had built up to. Yes. The only other thing to do, I guess, was to do a character alignment chart where we decide where we think Emily is and where we think Kami lives. And so do you know the character alignment chart? Oh yeah. Chaotic, chaotic, good, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I do know that. Yeah, Yeah. So it's it goes so there's lawful neutral and chaotic and then there's good neutral evil it's square so i'm going to propose and then i want to hear i want this is what i think so first let's talk about emily i think i think <laughs> emily is lawful evil <laughs> i was going to say chaotic good but lawful evil is really funny <laughs> i think she like is very consistently making bad choices yeah, yeah. and hurting people in like yeah. the, the same ways it's true. Over and over it's again. true. Do you want to fight for chaotic good? No, I really think that you're so right about lawful <laughs> evil. I think that's way funnier than chaotic good. <laughs> well, it's funny because I first, the first night, I first put Kami in chaotic good, which is, you know, the direct opposite. Wow, I totally agree. I think you're plugged in. So then I guess that just leads us to the biggest question, which is, you know, what do you want for her in this third season? Like, what part of her do we want to see? What would an A to B storyline look like for Kami in season three? I mean, I'm really excited to like see her storyline outside of Emily and, and 
Gabrielle. Where I'm just like I'm Paris. But I'm just like she is a really good character. I'm really interested in like what her her dreams are. Like if we've identified her as ambitious, like mm-hmm. let's see her drive that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is she going to start working at Sylvie's firm with them? Because she's so like, I'm like, yeah, right. surely they need to f- keep finding ways to force everyone to collide. I hope so. It would break my heart if they wrote her out of the show. I They're can't imagine if they would. The show. No, 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 no. <laughs> they would never. <laughs> They've been listening and they know. Yeah, they know. So we're only here for her. <laughs> we need her. It'll be interesting because I do think she is maybe the type of person who like once she holds a grudge. Like I think. I don't think her being back together with Gabrielle is going to actually fix anything. Surprise, surprise. But I mean, like, especially with her friendship with Emily, but I'm like, but then how do we get back to a place where it's still fun for them to be friends? Because we don't want her to have a nemesis, obviously, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm just not sure how that happens in season three. Mm -hmm. And, And as I proposed in season one, I think it perhaps happens with her like dating other people, particularly a woman and, or having feelings for Emily. I could see it. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. Anything else? I think that's it. Really fun. Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm so stressed about my life right now. I wish Kemi would just come hang out with me. Oh, she'd make it good. She'd be like, I will fix it. Yeah, I just want her to fix it. I want to fix her right now. Can you imagine how much I could fix if I had money? That's how I, I mean, but that's how I feel. Where I'm like, I think I am a pretty good fixer. Right. And I feel like you are. It's one of my favorite things about you. Yeah. And I'm like in the situation right now, like I'm even I am being the fixer and I'm still like I could really use a fixer because I'm not fixing this enough. Nina's getting a car. I can't remember if we said that at the top. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really sorry. It's just causing me like it's so many different types of stress. I can't like I can't just be like, oh, it's financial stress. It's like financial stress and emotional stress of having to deal with people. Mm-hmm. and logistical stress and mm-hmm. the good news is that you can drive me to paris when you get it yeah that'll be fun we could yeah, put be the cool. car on the boat <laughs> on the big boat you know the queen you mary. know, the, the, <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> yeah all the board queen mary too from Planned Parenthood is so good. Wait, but what would the plot of Planned Parent Trap be? It would be like two friends. This is bad. Go ahead. Ready? It's two best friends who really want to share a sibling and they get their moms pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And then... And then they're like, the moms are like, what? We're both pregnant? And then it's about them getting to Planned Parenthood. Oh, my God. All right. I think that's enough for today. <laughs> that was good. Au revoir. Salut. Abiento. Abiento. You've been listening to Nina, Hannah, and Emily in Paris. If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know with an Apple review. We're trying this new format, and we want to hear your take. Even if you've already left us a review, leave us another one with your thoughts on this second out-of-office episode and the first character study. I'm going to read a couple of reviews because we got one that we, we didn't get to read from January, and then I want to read a, an updated review for this new mm-hmm. season because it's lovely. Mm-hmm. So um, first, we have one from um, Kale Chips called The Entertaining. I don't think I read this one yet. And says, V entertaining. I haven't watched a single episode of Emily in Paris, and I love this podcast. It gets me through boring work from home data entry tasks and makes my dog look at me funny when I laugh out loud. My only complaint is that I started listening to season two as they came out, so I have to wait for each new episode. Cheers to season three. Thank you, Kale Chips. 
And then we have an updated review from Trisha Ann, uh, a beloved fan and friend of ours, titled, This Podcast is Everything. Updated review. I really enjoyed the first out-of-office format episodes Nina and Hannah are doing while we await season three. I think this podcast is required listening for any Emily in Paris viewer and would be great even if you don't watch. I get so excited when I see a new episode because I know my commute or my dumb little daily walks will be so much better. Honestly, listen to it so many times over. I love it. It Makes me laugh so hard. We love you, Trisha. Thank you. Thank you for updating. And thank you all for reviewing. We've gotten a couple more reviews um, since we put out our last episode and it really... Uh, it means a lot to us and it makes it fun. And yeah, we're going to keep putting out these episodes. So yeah, we'll be back in two weeks to do another episode called Are We in Paris? And you'll just have to wait to find out what that kind of episode entails. But until then, just be sure to subscribe or follow the show so you're notified when new episodes are released. Bye-bye. <laughs> Sous-titrage